tell them here and let them be. Well, I got something deep inside of me. I can't hide it anymore. It needs to be so free. There's no time to let this tale get old. No, no, no. It's the best. Hi, hello everyone. Welcome to the show. My guest is uh, a friend of mine. Uh, his name is Glosis. Am I saying this right? Gorbaldi. Gorbaldi. Glosis Gorbaldi. Yes. Uh, he uh, is. I've known him for a couple years. I guess we'll get into that. Uh, most of your work, I would say, is in the field of cinematography, mm-hmm. uh, filming all sorts of movies, shows, other content. Uh, and then maybe you could talk about kind of you're getting into some animation type yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I guess I, I'm still a cinematographer. Mostly I'm doing virtual cinematography. You know, I'm working in what's called layout animation. So trying to work, you know, uh, I mean, a Star Wars film is as much of an animation as anything else. So, right. um, you know, there's like a real crossover between live action and animation. So I'm trying to work... Uh, yeah, and animation studio. My sp- oh, I wasn't speaking to the mic, was I? Yeah, you speak. Uh, just speak a little closer. A little that's all. Closer or louder? Yeah, a little bit of both. Okay, yeah. a little bit of both. It's all good. <laughs> I'm a little nervous. I I usually listen to podcasts. I don't usually talk. Yeah, well, uh, I was trying. To, that's why I was trying to get Glozes warmed up by yeah. saying how I know him. Uh, fun. Let me try to think of a. I try to think of a fun fact off the top of my head about Glozes. Uh, Gorbaldi is a. Uh, a mispronouncing of the Garibaldi fish, which are like little fish off the coast over here. Okay. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? And Glozis is the glowing Moses. I mean, you are, you do glow when you walk. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go, you know what? I'll, I'll loosen it up before uh, we get into your, your untold story. Um, you know, last time I saw you, uh, clean shaven. Yeah. Uh, currently, I've given up on shaving altogether. You, yeah, you look like uh, you, you're trekking up Everest or something, and you, you've been away. Well, that, actually, that's why I had it. It's just like it's a good time. I go out to the mountains, so like it actually forms like a little ice beard, keeps you a little warm. Oh, yeah. Oh, so it's actually like a practical. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I used to be a ski patroller back in the day, so I have been trying to go snowboarding more often and. Uh, Prevent, you know. Mm. You're, wait, you were a ski patroller? Yeah, in college. What? So, yeah, yeah I, so, so I should clarify. I, I've only known Glozis for the last several years. So, as an adult, out of school, working in the, fi- the field. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there's a, there's a back history that I, I'm not as familiar with, which includes this existence as a ski patroller. Yeah, in my previous life. I feel like I just heard the other day that, like, you have a, you're a totally new you every seven years. I think even at like a cellular level, you know, your body regenerates every seven years. I'm sure that's not true in the tons of your, like your brain cells don't, but uh, yeah, like thinking back then, I can't even believe that I did that back then. Was that cause, did you, didn't you grow up in like? I grew up in DC, but um, okay. you know, I just wanted 
cheap or free lift tickets when I was in college because I went to school where there was a mountain. And then, oh, like, got so, it. and I didn't really uh, have anything to do. I didn't have a job. Actually, it was a great college job because you just read and then you get like a call on the walkie talkie. Yeah. And you just uh, um, go like ride and somebody has like, a, you know, maybe they broke their wrist, not that big a deal. And you just like set it and go. And mm. It's actually a pretty fun job. So you actually have, yeah, actually have paramedic skills. Yeah, I had to do like six months of training. It was actually really intensive training kind of thing. And had to get my jacket, I had to like climb the mountain with my board strapped on. It was, what? Yeah, kind of funny. You, uh, all right. So yeah, I'm, okay. Let me, so a lot of times I try to, I try to tell my guests something that I don't tell them or like, mm-hmm. I, I or like for whatever reason. And like, like sometimes, you know, we'll hang out socially and like, you don't ever get to, Mm-hmm. that right you just like hang out and you talk about the current events or whatever's mm-hmm. going on um but yeah i've always uh and i've noticed this when i've seen you work um as a cinematographer too is like you kind of know a lot of stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah you I'm, just like know things yeah I'm, a ra- I'm definitely fit into the know-it-all category and uh like the guy who read that book like the hundred things you never needed to know and memorized it so. Yeah, yeah. I just felt like you knew, like, you always know a little bit extra about like this, like, thing, uh, which is always fun. And I'm also the I, I picked this up from my dad. Like, I'll also tell you everything I know about it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you know, uh, that's a little bit of a warm up. Uh, you feel a little loose. You you wanna? I don't feel. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's. Let's get you warmed up a little bit. I, mean, I think I actually kind of like the nervous energy. I think I just don't really, I think it's probably given me like a little, uh, a little something bizarre. If I was really relaxed, it'd probably be like pretty boring. Mm. So we, should we just get into it then? I guess. Yeah. yeah let's just feed off this, this nervous, yeah, yeah. nervous energy. Uh, you know, long time podcast listener, podcast listener now, <laughs> podcast guest, Glozis, uh, is about to tell a, a story not known from... Yeah, his like, uh, mysterious life. Uh, I was I told this to Mira earlier today, and I'm sure I've told it to people. But like, um, you know, a few years ago, I wrote a movie that you know they, it was a feature, and a group of friends made it. I won't like be specific about who made it or what that film is because it was like a bad falling out. But um, it was a movie about people with intellectual disabilities. I was like basically commissioned to write it. And I don't really have any kind of like background with that or knowledge. Um, and so anyway, I could, the only way I could, and they weren't going to pay me to go do any research for it. So like the only way I could like write the story, cause it was like through this like vehicle that it had to tell a story like that, you know, kind of find like similar stories, like one flew of a, coo- over a cuckoo's nest is like a individual versus institution story. We knew we wanted to do that with it. Um, so the only things that I could really draw from were just like, you know, universal experiences, which I feel like is what stories kind of do in the first place. You know, they, they start from a fundamental place that anybody can relate to it Mm -hmm. if they're successful doing that. Right. And then they do that through specifics that, you know, the details, then those details are supposed to delight you or inform you or, you know, all the affect. Um, so anyway, you know, I basically based it around like, you know, the heartbreak I had in like a, from a high school relationship. Um, okay. But the only kind of um, moment that I really had, uh, like, 
interacting with people with intellectual disabilities was uh, in middle school at, and um, phys ed. Actually, we had like, you know, people with autism and all different uh, people with different conditions. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I just became friends with them. I was probably like 12 or 13. It was um, uh, perfectly, you know, people, that, you know, I didn't really even necessarily understand what like autism was at the time. Mm -hmm. So there was one kid named Josh. Um, and at the beginning of every school day and like, uh, we'd have to like gather at like seven Oh five and wait for the bell before we could like all walk down the hallway. And it, everybody had like portable CD players at the time or something, you know, whatever, like mm -hmm. Walkman. And, um, I remember I'd become friends with this kid, Josh, and like the best description of him physically was like, he was huge, but he was like a panda bear. He just like really reminded me of a panda bear in my mind's eye. Okay. Um, yeah. And super nice guy. And I, I become friends with him and um, I guess like he didn't really understand like the line between like affection and aggression. Um, I think that's kind of where I understood it um, later on uh, after the event. Anyway, I was just like, you know, probably at, like seven o'clock on a rainy morning, just like tucked into my coat, listening to, I don't know, uh, bad religion or something on my headphones. And all of a sudden, and like, you know, the entire school around me and, all of a sudden, I just, like, was smack on the ground. Like, the wind knocked out of me. Uh, my CD player, like, smashed on the ground. And this uh, Josh was on top of me. Mm. And he was just, like, kissing me in front of, like, you know, hundreds of students. And wow. he uh, wouldn't get off me and nobody would help me. Everybody was just, like, you know, laughing at the scenario. And so, like, I was, like, mortified. I was, like, really hurt. Like, I couldn't breathe. Um nobody would help me like get out of that situation and they were also laughing at me and so like it was just like this really intense situation yeah that like um and then like eventually like an administrator pulled him off and like it was like kind of a big deal i don't remember he got in a lot of trouble i don't remember what but like i don't really remember inter interacting with him after that hmm. um so anyway like uh i think i thought about that a little bit with writing the story and i think what the story ended up being uh, the film I should say I should yeah say. the story yeah the film you wrote yeah. inspired by this incident well it was, for it was, now it, it was more I think what I was thinking about was the line between like how people who are not in the institution or the social institution of being uh, of having an intellectual disability you know mm. um, versus the fact that like if you don't and you don't have people in your family you don't really interact with people and there's like a line there and once you've crossed the, the character in the film is trying to straddle that world like wants to be like normal wants to be um that's not to say that word sort of has a pejorative in that sense but wants to be like not labeled with um a stigma and yeah wants to be with kids who don't ha have that stigma either and she finds herself stigmatizing other people that the rest of the social group is trying to put her in um okay and yeah. i just think that like it's more about um like that experience was m me suddenly and very rapidly and violently understanding that like I uh, was um, I wanted to be part of like that group I wanted I didn't want to be like associated with I was embarrassed by what this guy was doing in a way that like hmm. um, I don't know maybe that sounds bad um, but well, you're also in high school. Oh, I was in middle school. I, middle school. Oh, even yeah. younger. So yeah, I yeah, didn't, yeah. yeah. I, Sorry. I yeah. didn't have like any of the tools to understand what was happening. And I like 
Yeah. Um, you know, and like, I think there's like tons of stuff as a kid, you don't really have the tools to either understand them or emotionally deal with them. And like, even later in life, I mean, you don't really, uh, Oh yeah, for sure. Know how or what you felt like it's, yeah. Yeah. You're in, you're in middle school. This, you know, incident happens. People, kids are laughing at you and then no, there's no like hand to help you. And then, uh, then that, that friend is not supposed to, or whatever, just doesn't associate with you anymore after it. Right. Oh yeah. 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 You know, just like I was immediately like never talking to this person again and like kind of, uh, I I think probably didn't want to talk to any of the students from that in like phys ed, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, like I kind of remember that. Cause you, you, cause in a way like you, you were sort of a, the, a, a bridge, like you were the, a conduit between two different I, I think gr- groups in a way. Right. Cause you were friends with this kid. Josh. Well, yeah. You know, you're like friends with, um, like, I guess as a kid, there are a lot of like real, um, you, you, you intersect with other worlds maybe in ways more often or at least where I grew up like um I was in like kind of in the city and so like there are people that like I went to elementary school with and um they like went to jail by the time we were in high school and like I grew my parents worked for the government so like I had like you know perfectly fine like upbringing um, yeah but you know when I was like in elementary school these kids that like I know like joined MS-13 like we were just kids like um Power Rangers I remember you know and Mm. like as you grow older like that 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 void became huge and I think like that's a different set of circumstances but it's just kind of similar like when I was 12 years old I didn't understand the distinction between like you know kid with autism um versus like you know and obviously I'm sure I knew that he had a condition but like I think very rapidly, I I had a negative association with that. Um, right. And that, you know, well, it's obviously not something that uh, I carried forward for in any great capacity later on. Or, right. But I remember as a kid that being kind of like a really intense moment. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, um. So, yeah, I guess how how, how did you kind of. I guess you, you, at some point you sort of had the tools to, 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 you know, understand that. Like at what point did you kind of understand? Well, I mean, I, you know, the thing about it is you, it's about <laughs> this podcast is about stories you don't tell very often. I think it's one of those ones that like, I think I was able to move past pretty like, it was just like an embarrassing moment and everybody has tons of those in middle school. Or anything. Yeah. It yeah. didn't really, I didn't change me and I think in any fundamental way, but like I kind of, um, when I was writing that film, I thought about that moment and, um, that experience just because, uh, yeah, it was like pretty, if nothing else, like physically, it was like an intense moment. Yeah. 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 Obviously I remember that in pretty great detail. You know, when I think about it now, I don't tell it very often, but I, I can recall it in my mind's eye like super easily. Yeah. I guess like, uh, you know, a question that I do, I do ask, um, guests from time to time is, you know. The, the choice of telling a certain story mm. that's untold, like was there a motivation for you to kind of share that experience? Oh, you know, it was actually the only reason why it even came to my mind is that because like I, I had heard you like introduce Jin on the podcast and like how, um, like our connection is to film, oh, excuse me, film. Yeah. And, uh, film is, I, I had written that 
film kind of out of character because I'm not really a writer anymore, at least. And uh, that was a story that was kind of, I don't really tell that often that like, I sort of feel badly about now. <laughs> There's some like kind of confessional thing going on here. Maybe it's because I was also raised Catholic. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah. there you go. Yeah. So anyway, actually, while telling this, I was just like, oh, there's like actually other stories that I didn't like. Yeah, I won't even tell them. But um, yeah, th- I don't know why I wanted to tell this one, or if uh, it's not even necessarily something that. Uh, yeah, but I think you know, I think it's interesting where um, it, it's kind of the situation where you know you don't you don't realize what you're doing mm-hmm. right because you're in middle school you just don't have the tools um but i kind of see when you tell that story of like you know you were someone who um sort of offered a hand right to to be friends with someone from a different group mm-hmm. with like intellectual you know uh struggles or whatever you want to say it you know yeah. say it in the most like you know polite way possible but you know you were sort of like the bridge and then you get into an incident where you know, you see the sort of ramifications of being that conduit mm-hmm. in not a positive way because you have all the, I guess, ma- ma- majority kids just seeing the incident, kind of well, laughing. Yeah, you, know, you know, like it's kind of like a, I feel like that's, you can, if you bring that to like adult life, you know, there's many moments where you're a person, a person could be someone's kind of trying to bridging two groups. Yeah. And then they, something happens in well the, I think yeah. that's kind of what I was sort of maybe driving at with um, the the other many groups that I kind of grew up around it, where it I wouldn't see myself I don't interact with people with intellectual disabilities now ever um, I don't necessarily even interact with people who are from like the Hispanic community even though I live in a Hispanic neighborhood you know I don't know Spanish but yet everyone around me does when I was growing up I grew up actually in a Korean neighborhood I knew a little how to count um but i definitely the the world that i lived in was this little bubble that was in other bubbles you know i lived in a really diverse place like uh the high school i went to was like the most diverse school in the entire country but it was also the most segregated school i'd say mm. because like the no groups talk to one another yeah um and what's weird about being like you know the actual the great equalizer was sports um mm-hmm. you know like my best friends were this kid, Junaid, who was from Pakistan. We were on the newspaper together. A kid I grew up with, uh, Jonas, was from Ethiopia. We just, like, played squirt guns after school every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all, the, I think, they were all part of kind of, like, government class, I guess you would call it, you know? Yeah. It was, like, it was a socioeconomic thing, I think, yeah. This was in D.C.? This was in D.C., yeah. so, like, you have, like... Um, and you're a city kid, yeah. So well, was, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. so, metropolitan. Like you grew up in a metropolitan yeah. area, so so certainly. The- yeah, it's weird. Like you know, um, where I grew up, there's like just a small little, like 200 houses that are like just all identical to one another, and then like you drive out of these like this little bubble, and you're just like in the middle of actually a pretty. Um, I wouldn't say it's like a rough area, but like you know, uh, it's definitely kind of a rough area yeah but yeah. like i had like there was this little creek it was like pretty idyllic yeah mm. um yeah it's, it's interesting uh i guess thinking about you know I'm, I'm trying to think of moments where like maybe i was like a conduit mm-hmm. or like i was a person that 
unknowingly was bridging two groups or multiple groups, not not necessarily on purpose. Then you then you you know you catch a moment where you're like, oh, am I not am I not supposed to be doing this? Mm -hmm. Or if I do it, there's maybe consequences that I don't Mm -hmm. want. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, and I think that. I think that happens all the time in so many different ways. I just, off the top, I can't think of one for myself. Well, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm uh, just speaking of how we just, you know, moved into it and this neighborhood. Um, sure. It's a gentrifying neighborhood. And I actually really like to wear a poncho that we picked up in um, Rosarito. And here I am, like, we just moved to a Hispanic neighborhood. I'm wearing a poncho and I'm just like the face of gentrification. So, right, you know, right, like right. there are things that, like, I. Um, will hopefully find myself in these awkward kind of moments between as a conduit, if you want to um, phrase it at, uh, like that, because I, I think it's one of those things that uh, right now, this is just such a bifurcated country and uh, feels like um, it's just getting worse that way. So I'd like to do something, you know, I'd like to outreach and like, uh, participate in it. You know, we were talking about the school districts earlier. You know, I, if we're going to li- live somewhere and invest in it, we should invest in it at a social level too. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I think, you know, and I think it was what you said was kind of another part you said was um, kind of striking to me was like, it's not necessarily that you wouldn't interact with certain people uh, or certain groups, but sometimes you just don't have you're just not in that environment or access. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I would agree like in, um, at least for the field that we're in and entertainment, film, TV, yeah, I don't, unless it's a film about people on a spectrum, I don't necessarily see those people around like for not just, I just don't, you know? Right. So your, your interactions with people, um, at least in the job setting, at least for entertainment or in LA or whatever, is not necessarily gonna, you're not necessarily around mm-hmm. people to, to interact with that are, are, you know, dealing with those kind of struggles or, or other struggles, you know? Like mm-hmm. it's like, in some ways it gets, uh, you end up meeting sort of the same type of people in entertainment. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like kind of the same archetype of, of person. Yeah. Uh, and, and you have to sort of really make an effort to, to branch out and find people that either, you know, have other interests or, you know, them through different walks of life. Yeah, it's really funny whenever I'm at like a party and someone's like, Oh, I'm an engineer. I'm just like, Oh my God, tell me everything. about." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they're just like, it's just a job. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I like for me, like, uh, you know, I'm a Southern California native. So, um, I do have friends that do not work in entertainment mm-hmm. and pro- actually more than I do. Um, yeah, that's really know. interesting because, like, but, but yeah, I get in the mode where I'm like, "Wait, you're a you're a chiropractor? Wait, tell me about this. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you do that?" Yeah, and I'm like super fascinated because I don't, you know, we walk into a coffee shop in Los Angeles and everyone's developing a screenplay, and you, know, you just get like, oh, yeah. oh, like, "Oh no!" It also kind of like takes a little bit of the mystery out of it, you know. Like I remember when I grew up in Virginia, um, the entire like world of like Los Angeles and making movies was this like far off place that you could kind of escape to and then movies could be a place to escape to creatively. And, um, yeah, you know, when you're here 
and you realize that like it's just it's such a commodity it's such like a business and a lot of the people who are drawn to it are part of an archetype that are drawn to both like fame and wealth in a way that like doesn't appeal to me whatsoever but you have to interface with these people all the time in fact they're the people that you usually have to work for Mm -hmm. it's just insufferable you can be yeah if you're you're depending if this is how you're going to pay your bills right you have to be i mean that's why i've like actually moved away into animation because it's like you're working for a corporation that has um a union and also has uh you know osha rules you know Mm -hmm. like i got uh, burned on the stove too many times i had too many of the uh you know getting uh getting tackled just like josh all over again with production all all the time yeah just kind of out of nowhere yeah Yeah, you know people who are like also trying to like you know type a trying to be on their own rise or also the type of people are going to like also throw you under the bus and take advantage to just like you either i i was kind of like think of it as like a vaulting into a gated city you know once you're in the gated city it's amazing but everybody's trying to like loft them hurl themselves into it yeah and, like, oh uh, that's uh that's a that's a very glosis well, <laughs> analogy that's I, very yeah that's actually i think it's on. more game of thrones with like uh what's the quarth whatever oh uh, i don't watch that show you don't watch game of thrones? <laughs> no. no i don't no no disrespect to no game no it's fine i mean I, I just i've been trying to get my mom to watch it and she's always like I don't like Harry Potter. Yeah, I, I, real quick, I, I tried, and then I, for some reason I, I fell off, and then I found myself like forty episodes behind, and I was like, I can't, I can't catch oh, up. But, to it. but see, Dave, you have like the binge of all binges ahead of you. Like I know, Mira and I, like we weren't watching it at all until like all of a sudden it was uh, three years in, and then we were like, okay, we'll watch one episode. And then we like just had to catch up all of a sudden, and like that, that was also like one of the most enjoyable um, non weekends we've ever had. You know? <laughs> it's a it's a commitment. I'll, it's it's one I, I you have to like mentally. Well, now you. In. I mean, the best part is like it's like you've been asleep for the whole like championship NBA game, and there's like ten seconds left, and I know. now you're now you're fully awake to watch the rest of it. So. I know. Um, yeah, I'll <laughs> not to get into a Game of Thrones <laughs> yeah. conversation. Yeah, I want to turn this podcast into a Game of yeah. Thrones. Podcast. Yeah, we we're, were getting a little bit uh, <laughs> deep and meaningful about well, you're society. Gonna edit, you're gonna edit this, right? Or is it? No, I won't oh, edit. Man, really? Yeah, even the part where I was like, "Can you talk louder into the mic?" Oh no, the fa- the the closest fans are gonna know no. that you had See, mic adjustment issues in the beginning, but now you're fine. You know? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, no, I just, no, I don't edit. Everyone will know that we started off with uh, some sound adjustments, but we're all good now. Well, the rain stopped at least. Yes, we're uh, recording in an undisclosed location where it was raining, and now it's not. Um, well, um, let me uh, let me kind of close out with, uh, uh, I do like to ask this question from time to time. Um, you know, you've kind of revealed... Uh, sort of a, I guess an embarrassing moment and, and a sort of like a subsequent fallout from it, from like your, your middle school days. Mm-hmm. And we kind of dissected how that, you know, maybe relates to us as adults even, or just like that, that, that sort of experience of like reaching out across the aisle and maybe it not coming out the way you thought 
mm-hmm. or just something happens where you're blindsided and you're like, Oh, I, I feel weird about the moment now. Um, how, how do you feel, I guess, talking about this like moment and, uh, uh, you know, I feel like, uh, while talking about, it, I realize like how uncomfortable I am talking about like, uh, group distinctions in the first place or any of this stuff because that I know will be public Yeah. <laughs> because I don't really do it. I don't talk very often about like intimate details or, or my thoughts and feelings. <laughs> um, so like having like also yeah. all at once, like um, the capacity, the, like the vocabulary to talk about it is hard to like find in real time unless you're doing it very often. Um, yeah. But while I'm talking about it, I also realize that, you know, um, I guess there's a part of it that I feel bad about and I don't really know what part. I think it was just badly that, uh, he didn't, he wasn't, he didn't, I don't think he was trying to, uh, do anything to hurt my feelings or or, or to hurt me. Yeah. And I, 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 I was so angry at him. I was, maybe that's it. Like. He was trying to be my, he was just like enthusiastic about me. He saw like, yeah. me as a friend. To hang. It's like the way that, not to make this comparison, this is a terrible comparison, but like, you know, when, when my dog is so excited to see me and he like, um, jumps up on me and like scratching my legs in the morning or something like that. Like it's not, he's where he's coming from is like a really positive place. Yeah. And my reaction to it was just, I remember, uh, how angry I was and how embarrassed I was. And yeah. Like, and how much I just like, uh, yeah, those were really intense and negative feelings, I guess. Well, I mean, I'll just, yeah, I'll just close by saying, you know, if you didn't feel some sort of remorse or guilt or embarrassment or, like, reflection of, like, ah, oh, you know, I wish it didn't go the way it did, uh, you'd probably be heartless. Yeah. You'd, yeah, you'd, well, you, you, you would have grown up as, like, glows the heartless dark soul. And to be fair, pretty much all of the things I do, because of that Catholic upbringing, are mostly I feel guilty about, so. <laughs> right. So this is just another, uh, another another notch in my guilt belt. Yeah, another Glosis Catholic guilt uh, <laughs> story, though this one was not publicly told until now. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, I'm not. Is it, yeah, the the Catholic guilt thing is a thing. Oh yeah, I mean, I, like I don't know personally, but I. I mean, I haven't. I I was the first person in my family not to be confirmed, which was like a huge deal because everybody was. But I went to one of those churches that had like. Uh, in the D.C. Archdiocese, which, you know, just got, like, overturned. Um, like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah we yeah. had, like, my priest uh, is, committed suicide. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and um, uh, the two priests who replaced him got, like, arrested for embezzlement. And, like, at that point, my dad was just like, we're out of here. And then, like... Oh, wow. So I was pretty cynical about the whole thing for a long time. But the way that your family kind of, like, trains you to be, like, culturally to just be like always, you know, uh, feeling ashamed (laughs) that I think is still there. Uh, yeah. So shout out to Catholic guilt. Um, I want to thank, uh, Glozis Gorbaldi for, for, for being on the show. Uh, yeah. Catch him animating your next favorite movie down the road. Uh, so thanks so much for listening and, uh, talk to you soon. Bye. Ready for another episode? Well, check us out at beststoryinevertold.com 
or also find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or a number of other podcast aggregators. And if you're interested in sponsoring a future episode of this series, please contact us at beststoryinevertold at gmail.com. <laughs>